Okay, um, where do I start? Well, I'm gonna start with my name. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Kenson Desir. Um, I have the incredible privilege to uh, lead the teens and middle school ministry over at Cornerstone. Um, one of our six or seven churches here in Atlanta, for those of you who are outside uh, of the Georgia line. Um, how's it going so far? Yeah, yeah. How, let me see, who's the furthest out? Who, who, is, it, is there an Arkansas person in here? No, okay. Who's the furthest out? Gainesville, Florida? Oh, wait, whoa. Pause for a minute, pause, hold on. Gainesville means Gator, right? Oh, I'm sorry to tell you in the wrong place. I'm a hurricane. I cannot allow Gators to be in this place. Should we give her a pass? Since I own the clicker, I'm going to give her a pass. She So, yeah, so, uh, minus that, oh, somebody left the phone. Um, oh, speaking of phones, let me, can I just say this real quick? If you have a phone, um, I'm going to just tell you how it is, right? I'm, I'm a guy who, I don't like having to monitor and, and please follow all the rules, because I expect you guys to manage yourself, right? So, if you use your phone in this class, I'm assuming it's to take notes. Not because you're on a game and like, this guy sucks and I need to go get my lights up or whatever. Please don't do that. Because if I call you out, I'm going to call you out. So please, if you have your phone out, it's because you're really taking notes and you're taking pictures of the slides or something in that fashion. All right? Um, real quick, uh, again, I'm, I'm here at Cornerstone. Been there for about a year. Uh, actually, it's coming up in October. It's going to be a year. And... Uh, I, I was converted as a teen um, back in South Florida, the South Florida churches, um, in high school. Uh, was it my senior year, first, day of senior, first week of senior high school? Uh, I was converted there. And I'm trying to see if oh, my wife isn't here. Okay, my wife isn't here. Shayla, she was also converted as a teen. Um, but what I'm not going to do today is tell you what it was like when I was a teen. I'm not even going to try to do that because I already realized that between then and now, so much has changed. And you guys are facing all kinds of different challenges that are different from mine. Um, so I'm going to probably talk more about where I am now versus where I was when I was you know, converted back then. Um, and hopefully that some of the things that we talk about will, will stick. Um, things like this, when you come to these rallies, you hear a lot of great lessons, um, great conversations, and you get all this stuff. And then you kind of get in the car, you drive back home, you're like, what did, I, what did I get from this, you know? And so if you just take one thing away, even if it's not from this class, but if you take one thing away and you make that a focus, then it was a win. That's what I'm gonna tell you right now. Even if it's nothing about this class, even though I think this class is a good one, not because I'm teaching it, but I think it's a good topic, I, I strongly encourage you to really hone in on one or maybe two things you can walk away from. 
so that you can grow. All right. So that's that's my my my, my prayer and, and just want to throw that out there. So before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and open up a word of prayer and uh, we're going to dive on in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that our, we are here today. Um, so many people uh, did not get a chance to wake up and be where they thought they were going to be. Uh, but today you allow this day to happen and you allow us who are here to be here. And I got to believe it's for a reason. Um, I got to believe that everything you do has a purpose. There's nothing coincidence about you. So I pray that although we have this opportunity, that you help us to make the most of it. That is the most, that's the, probably the best thing we can possibly do. I pray that your spirit will fill this room, that you will give boldness to everyone in here to share uh, and not feel afraid because we are amongst family, and that you allow your spirit to work powerfully uh, through your words, God, and allow it to penetrate the hearts that you call to be touched. Again, we thank you so much. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So renewing your relationship with God. Right now, the reason why I'm teaching this is because I am the resident expert, okay? I, I am the greatest teacher of all time when it comes to this. That's why they call me not. Um, not. The reason why I'm teaching this is because I'm no different from you. Because I have a relationship with God, too. And so I'm, I'm constantly having to learn this. Um, I'm constantly having to walk different paths and stumble and fall, okay? And so what all of this has taught me, and again, I'll, I'll share this, you know, I was converted back in 96, okay? So that's what, the math is what, 23 years? 23, yep, 23 years. Um, I would, this is the only thing I'm gonna say about the past. When I got converted in high school, Although they said this is for the rest of your life, I could not view the rest of my life at 16, 17. Yeah, it's, it, that's just too much. I'm talking about this semester. That's probably as far as I can go is this semester. I can't go way down the street and talking about, you know, this year, that year. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I shook my head like, yes, I could do this the rest of my life. But I really didn't know what that means. Um, but what I do know is it's a journey. It's a journey. And so because it's a journey, I've been able to experience a lot of things, all right? And one thing I can tell you about a relationship with God, it's never a straight line. It's never this. It's this, it's that, it goes down, it goes diagonal, does all these different things, right? So that's, that's kind of what I've experienced, and, I, and I'm, we're going to talk about a story that I think will help highlight all of this. I have a quote. Never be afraid to start over. It's a new chance to rebuild what you want. Now, when you think about starting all over, why do, why do people not like it? Why do you think some of the reasons why people don't like starting all over? Yes. Don't like change. You like that pattern. You like to know exactly what you're gonna do every day, no matter what time it is, yep? It's a lot of work. Come on, I done built all this up. Now I gotta start from scratch? Mm -mm, don't like it. Yes, sir. It's a sign that you failed. It's a sign that you failed. Who likes failing? I mean, who likes seeing those D's? Oh, I'm the only one that likes D's on my book card. 
No one likes to fail. No one likes, and then the reminder that you failed, right? That, that feeling is, is gut-wrenching. Anybody else? Yes. They feel comfortable. Say it again. Comfortability. Comfortability? What do you mean? Explain, give me a little more. Like, so they're afraid to start over just Even if it's jacked up, at least it's the jacked up that I know, right? Even though it's jacked up, but I know this jacked up situation. I don't know what this new situation is going to look like. So I, I'll stay where I'm at. Good one. One more. Man, it's, it's kind of the same thing. That's failure, right? You don't want to be known as, ah, oh, look, look, look. Look, he started that tower. He can't finish it. Look at that. Look, look, look at that joke, right? That feeling of failure or or being perceived as a failure it's a sucky feeling it's true right but like this quote says it's a new chance to rebuild what you want one of the reasons you start all over is because you don't like what you got now that's one of the reasons you don't like what you have now and so you decide you know what let me let me try something different let me just start all over. Now, you iPhone folks know about this, right? You know when you see this sign, you're like, ah, something's wrong with my phone, right? It, 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 it's not functioning properly. I'm hitting, I'm trying to hit this Facebook app, it won't open up, why? I'm trying to add a contact, it won't add it, why? Can't access my email. Why? Something's wrong. And so you try to play, you try to do everything you can to avoid this part. Right? It says there is a problem with the iPhone that requires to be updated or restored. Now the problem may be fixed by updating your phone. That's not bad. You know, it might take a few minutes, but the update is not bad which preserves your settings and context. However, if updating doesn't work, it may be necessary to click restore. Now, some of y'all are like, well, that's not that bad. I got an iCloud account, right? But what if you didn't quite do all the backups that you needed? It says you'll be prompt to restore the backup onto the phone. You'll need your iCloud password if you find my phone. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. I don't remember my password. I don't remember my password. So what am I going to do now? My phone is jacked up. I can't use it. Now what? What's the, what's the ultimate thing you're going to have to do? Start from scratch. You got to do that. You got to do the one thing you resent. You did not want to do. You gotta bring that baby back to factory settings. Bringing your phone back to factory settings does what to all of your information? Bye-bye. It's gone. You gotta start from scratch. So when I talk, so as we start talking about renewing your relationship with God, there are gonna be some things you might hear that's gonna challenge you because you may not want to. You may not want to have to hit restore. You just want to hit the update button, that's it. You hope that fix it. What I'm telling you about relationship with God is, 
update may not be enough. You may have to go to restore back to factory settings. You may have to go there. I'll set the phone and take him for an x-ray later. Very good, sir. I'm very sorry, sir. Don't I've worry, Ms. Bond. Took quite a fall, didn't we, Master Bruce? And why don't we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. relationship with God and, and how that scene kind of connects. You know, you see young Bruce Wayne when he was young and he falls into this, you know, the pit or whatever, the well, and then, you know, his dad comes and rescues him, you know, and then lifetime later goes by and he's in a similar situation where he falls and he has to get up, you know, and it took Alfred to remind him the things that his father told him to kind of, you know, hit that light switch on again. And I think that when we look at our relationship with God, and I'm going to ask you guys a question before I, before, I, before I end this part. You have to realize that it is a relationship. And not every relationship is perfect in terms of how, you know, how it's going. But one thing about a relationship with God is that it's never over. It's never over, okay? We're gonna talk about the prodigal son. That's where the story, that's where we're gonna kind of put all of our focus into it. Now this, product, this, this um, parable is not necessarily about relationship with God. It's really about the loss. But I found some things in this story that I believe will help us kind of make some connections when it comes to a relationship, all right? So bear with me on this. I said that God wants, or, or we are all in a relationship with God. Do you believe that God wants a relationship with you? No matter where you are right now. Matter of fact, let me do this. How many of us in this room are baptized? Okay, so I'm looking at the majority of you guys. Okay. So you believe God wants a relationship with you guys. Okay. For those of you who did not raise your hands, you don't got to show it. 
But do you believe God wants a relationship with you? Because that's, that's an important question to answer to yourself. Because if you believe God wants a relationship with you, then now the things that we start talking about will start to click. But if you don't even believe that, you don't even believe that God even wants to know about you. He can care less about whether you live or die, whether you walk or run. If you believe that, that is a lie that Satan has implanted in you. God wants a relationship with everyone because he created us. He wants relationship with his creation. Doesn't matter what Satan says. Doesn't matter what your friends who don't believe say. It even doesn't matter what you feel. God wants a relationship with you. In Luke 15 is where we're going to begin the story. All right? Now, again, this, this parable wasn't really designed to talk about relationship with God. But there are some key things in here I believe will help us today. All right? In Luke 15, verse 11 and 12, it says, Jesus continued. Well, before I, I'm sorry. One thing I need to say about this. This chapter is really interesting. In most of your Bibles, you see the, the lost coin and the lost sheep, I believe, right? Both times, someone lost something and then it was found, right? Both those situations is representing God. God going to look for what was lost, all right? In both situations, it's the same outcome. Someone went to go look. That represented God. God went to go look for what was lost. This parable is in the same chapter, but it's a little different than the other two. Picking up in uh, Luke 15, verse 11 and 12, it says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now I know, y'all saw this title of the slide. It says, Parent Wants to Say Yes. And y'all were probably rolling your eyes. Because you probably think, my parents don't always want to say yes to everything I ask for. I can tell you as a parent, I want to say yes. I, 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 I don't want to not you know, give my kids what they want. But there's a challenge as a parent. When our kids ask us for stuff and we look at what they're asking for, we're, we're seeing what may not help them. Now, of course, as a child, you don't see that. You know, you don't see that how this is not going to help if I don't have the iPhone 10. I got to have the iPhone 10. Actually, they got the 11 now, right? 11's coming out? Yes. I got to ha have the 11. I got to get that 11 with the three lenses. Come on, I got to have it. I got to have it. Give it to me. I want to give it to you. But there's reasons why I don't. Part of it's because I'm afraid. Part of it's because I'm not spending $1,000 on a phone. But for whatever reason, there's reasons why we don't. In this situation, you have a father with two sons, or daughters, or whatever you want to plug in. And the son says, and not even the oldest son, right? The one that gets first rights, the one that gets dibs on everything, shotgun, you know how it works. The younger son says, nah, I want, I want my, my inheritance. I don't know if you know anything about your, 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 your biblical history, but in the Old Testament, Asking for your inheritance while your parents are still alive was a sign of disrespect. You're not supposed to get your inheritance until I'm gone. But for you to ask me for 
this was a sign of disrespect. So here's dad, give me something that you shouldn't have right now and you're disrespecting me. I'm going to say no. What did the father do? What does it say? So he divided his property between them. God wants to say yes. He wants to say yes. He wants that relationship with you. He wants to say yes. Okay, I don't think it's a good idea for me to give it to you now. First of all, you disrespect me by even asking for it. Secondly, you have no clue of what you're going to do with this money. But okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give you what you asked for. And he go ahead, he divides it between them. Choice. Some of us in our relationship with God, whether, whether you're a disciple or not, okay, we have the same opportunities. Choice. Sometimes in a relationship, bad things happen. Not your fault, right? It's, it's, it's not something that you purposely planned out to make someone not like you anymore or, or want to disassociate themselves from you. Sometimes it's stuff that you can't control. Somebody's spreading a rumor about you that it's not true, but someone started it and, and passed it on and da 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 Now, you, you, you know, people that you thought were close to you no longer want to associate themselves with you. That's not your fault. You, 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 you're doing what you're supposed to do. It's just circumstances out of your control has, has seeped into this relationship, and now it's dividing it. But sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes we do make choices that, you know what, this is going to hurt my relationship with God if I do this, but I really want this. I really got to have it. I really want to do this. I really fill in the blank. So choices is something we all have. And so did this son. In Luke 15, verse 13, not long after the youngest son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. So the father, first the son disrespects the father. Right? Father still gives him what he asked for. And so there was some time between the, the, the time he received what he asked for and the time he left. It wasn't like, give my inheritance, okay, you got your inheritance, and you went that same day. There was some time. So the, the son had time to think about what he was doing. You know, he probably had Google Maps up, trying to figure out where he's going to live. You know, oh, you know what, I really wanted to go to Italy or I really wanted to go to, to Egypt, or I really want to go to France. I, I, so he had time to think about this stuff. You know, he had time to, to plot out where he's going to go, where he's going to live, who he's going to be with, how he's going to spend his money. Should I get a pair of some Air Force Ones in white because it's clean, or should I get the black, black on black, or should I just get both, whatever. Whatever. His decision out of all that time he had was what? Set off for a distant country. Not only did he take his inheritance, he went in a completely different direction, a different country. 
Not even the same state. Not even the same city. He went to a different country. He had to get citizenship in a different country. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we say, I'm taking my stuff and I'm going. And I'm not just going to go a little bit. I'm going to go far off this reservation. I'm not going to just lie about this. Man, I'm going to go sell this stuff. I'm going to go all into this thing that I want. Sometimes that's what we do. And we wonder why our relationship is rocky. Because we make these kind of decisions. And we just go. Without giving any thought to the consequences. We don't think about the consequences sometimes. Apparently this son didn't. It said he squandered it. What does squandered mean? Huh? He wasted it. You know, didn't even think about, you know, I mean, he thought about what he's going to spend it on, but he didn't think about how long that money's going to last. He didn't think about that. He didn't think about, well, what his plan be? What, what's going to happen if this doesn't work out? You know, sometimes, again, our relationship with God, it gets a bit muddy. Sometimes we are, we end up in places that we, we didn't even intend to end up. We didn't intend it. We, we didn't think this far out. But here's the reality. That's what happens. This is what our decisions can lead us to. And so for this son, this is where he is. And so sometimes once there's a point, there's a point in relationship with God or in the actions that you do. You kind of you gotta kind of get real with your circumstance. Sometimes people will tell you they'll try to you know in a in a roundabout way like I, I, I don't, I, something's not right like you're not reading your Bible lately you're not praying you're not you're not you're not hanging out with us anymore you're, you're kind of distant you're kind of like going to another country you know. Your friends or your loved ones kind of see the red flags and they try to they try to warn you. You might be fortunate to have people in your life that's just gonna tell you like it is. Be like, yo, you jacked up right now. Something so, you you you're totally jacked up. Something's off about you. And I'm not getting off the phone until you tell me what you're hiding or what you're not talking about. You might be fortunate enough to have those kind of people in your life. I hope you do. I hope. You have someone in your circle who will get real with you. Kind of like what uh, Mr. I think it's Corey. Kind of like what Mr. Corey said. Don't have all these little fake people around you that just want to smile on your face all day. Oh, they love to hang out with you. But when it's time to get real, oh, they, they cut. Shut out. Gotta go over there. Sometimes you gotta get real with yourself. And, you know, let's see what happens. Luke 15, picking up the 14 and 16. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of a country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. You so jacked up, 
You rather eat what the pigs are eating. You're so caught up into it's my life. It's my, I do what I want to do. And this is the train of thought that happens. I'm not saying you guys are doing that now, but this is the train of thought sometimes in our relationship with God when we don't keep it healthy. You know, we start getting warped in what we think is right and what we think is the thing that's supposed to happen. And so in this situation, the son had a reality check because sometimes our friends is not enough to tell us. Sometimes we read the scriptures and we see the warnings. That's not enough. Sometimes our parents are telling us that's not enough. Ultimately, the world got to teach you. The world has to be a teacher now because no one else, you're not listening to nobody else. You're not seeing the red flags. All you're seeing is this thing that you want, right? And so now life got to be your teacher. So life taught him a lesson. Now he realized he's in need because he ain't got no money. He ain't got no place to stay. He hungry. Because I'm, I, listen, you ain't got no money. Where, where you going to get food from? You got to start begging and hoping somebody will give you some crumbs. To the point where he sees some pigs. I'm like, man, them pigs are eating good right about now. Them pigs, I don't know if any of you guys worked on a farm or, you know, tend the pigs. I know I haven't. Just going to the zoo is enough for me. I can't deal with the smell. I'm from the city. I don't do all that wild country, you know, hog tying. You know, I don't do that stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I just don't do that stuff. So I know I would be completely messed up if I was in this situation. Right? And so he longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating. Reality check. Reality check. Are you aware that your relationship with God is not where it needs to be? Or are you still misled? You know? These are things that we got to ask ourselves. Like, sometimes people can't tell us this. You got you to be able to ask yourself this. Like, do I realize where I am with God? Like, do, do I really? Or am I just going through the motions? Or like someone shared earlier, like, I like I, the, the comfortability, right? Because I don't want to start all over. I don't want to put in the work necessary. So I'm going to just stay where I'm at. I'm going to just deal with, I'm going to just stay where I know I'm jacked up. I know this is not helping my relationship with God at all, but I'm comfortable. I got a nice sweater on. You know, my neck feels kind of warm. I'm good. But the reality is you, you want to eat what the pigs eat. That's, that's the reality. That's where we are. We want to eat what the pigs are eating. And you were created by God. You think God created you guys to eat what the pigs are eating? You think that's what he really, really wanted? I don't think so. Because that's the same father that gave you the inheritance even though you disrespected him. So do you really think he wants you to eat these things that the pigs are eating? But I digress. This is where we are. Reality check. Then, hopefully, after realizing where you are at, hopefully, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a sense of humility that kind of creeps in that kind of gives us this idea like, okay, I actually need something. I tried it my way. Heck, I got my inheritance early. But I need help. 
I'm so jacked up. I'm so messed up. I I I need some help. I I, I need a prayer. I need a, a a a quiet time on the on the lake. I need a hug. I, I need a text message. I need something. Hopefully, this aha moment will happen. Because it happened to the son. Let's read. In Luke 15, 17 through 20. Because when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Like he realized, he was like, Yo, I'm jacked up. It says he came to his senses. And he says, it says that his father hired men, right? Like the guys that his father hired, they were eating so good, they had leftover. They're not even his sons. These are people that he hired. But they were able to enjoy a relationship with the father that he had extra. They had extra. And here I am, his son, wanting to eat what the pigs are eating. And so he had that aha moment. He was like, whoa! I figured it out. I made the wrong choice. I made the wrong choice. I thought I needed to hit the update button, but I think I needed to hit, I think I needed to hit the, the, the restart and start this back over, the reset. And so in 18, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. What does that sound like to you guys? If you could sum up in one word, what do you think 18 and 19 is expressing? Humility. Yes. Three for what he has done. Yeah. He's realized. He analyzed what was going on. He, he assessed the situation. He realized after all these different warning signs, it finally hit it. I got to get humble here. I don't have to be out here eating what the pigs are eating. I have a father. But here's the thing. I don't even know if you picked this up. He says, um, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. See, he went back to his father. Or he was thinking to himself, I'm going to go back to my father, but I'm not going to try to claim what I had already with him. I'm willing to go even below that. I'm willing to become like a, like a hired, like someone you hire. You don't really have a real connection with that person other than I'm paying you and you're doing a job for me. But to the son, he was like, I'll take it. God, I'll, I'll, I'll take that from you. I'll take just being that person that you kind of like think about. Because being that person is so much better than where I am right now. It's so much better. I get to eat and have some, something extra. I'm okay with that. A relationship with God doesn't have to be, you know, this mind-blowing. It doesn't have to be this rocket science thing. Sometimes all you need is some humility. Just some sober judgment. Just some, man, I, 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 just, I just, just need to be with you, God. Sometimes it's, it's not that complicated. But we got to be humble. We cannot have this attitude as I already know. 
I know what I need to do. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm gonna, where I'm going to be at. I know 10 years from now, this is what's going to happen to me. Mm-mm-mm. That's not humility. It's not humility. So, in verse 20, he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son got humble. The father saw him from a distance, gave him hugs and kisses. Dude, I don't know what a hug and kiss got to feel like from God. Like, that's got to be blessings on blessings on blessings. I mean, that's the only way I can equate that. Can you imagine? Now, I, I told you guys this when we started this, this lesson. The diff, there's there's going to be a slight difference between this parable and the other two. Can somebody pick up on what's the difference? The first parable was about the, coin, the lost coin, I think, and the lost sheep. Both of them, you know, there was a similar outcome. Yes? In the first two, um, the person went and found things, and this one, something back. Boom. Boom. Should have held you out last. I should have not looked at you first. No, that's awesome. In this, in this story, it was the son that went and restored this relationship. It was the son. The other two, God went looking. He went, look, where's the other sheep? Where's that sheep? I got to go find that sheep. The coin, flipping tables over, looking under here. Where's that coin at? I found it. This time, the father said, all right, take your inheritance and go. But I'll be right here when you come back. When you come back home, I'm going to be in the same spot that you left me. You don't think God wants a relationship with you? He stayed and waited for him. And when he saw him, hugs and kisses. You think God wants you to eat pigs, eat food that the pigs are eating? You think God doesn't want your relationship to be something greater than what it is now? Do not believe that lie. I told you I wasn't going to talk about my past and oh, when I was a teen, it was this and that. I'm going to tell you what it's like now. My relationship with God today has been a roller coaster. You know, I'm married, I have kids, you know, lead the ministry, and I have, you know, extended family issues. And all these things I know the only thing that's constant is my relationship with God. My family dynamic is going to change. My, what I do as far as you know, serving the church, that can change. One thing that I got to hold on to is my relationship with God. And sometimes we're going to be the lost coin. You know, sometimes we're going to play that role. Sometimes we're going to be the, the lost sheep. Sometimes we got to be the prodigal son. Sometimes we just got to have some judgment on ourselves and we got to go back and be willing to do whatever it takes to restore this relationship with God. Whatever that means to you. 
I don't know what that means. You guys are coming from all over the, the spectrum. Whether you are baptized or not, and even within that is a, is a huge dynamic. Just because you're baptized, it doesn't mean everything is all great. It is because it, it, you're coming from all different spectrum. But what you have to decide what your relationship is going to be like. You're going to have to be like the prodigal son. You have to decide, I'm going to go back. I'm going to hit that restore button. Or I'm going to hit the update button. Because I'll tell you this, sometimes... It's not that you did anything wrong. Sometimes the relationship with God just doesn't seem like it's connecting. It's not because you're in sin, that you're not confessing something, or you're, you're harboring something deep in your heart. Therefore, it's just not quite what it, you think it needs to be. Sometimes you just got to do something different. Sometimes you, that's what renewing is. You know, what are some of the things that you renew in our day-to-day life? Give me some examples, things that you renew. Driver's license. Driver's license. You don't get it one time and that's it. You just walk up, oh, good. I said driving forever. No, no, no. You gotta go renew that thing. What else? Student ID. Huh? Student ID. Your student ID. Listen, that freshman picture can't be all your life. It's not gonna work. There was, I'll tell you this, there was a there was I had a I had a campus ID. I had a campus ID that I really liked. I felt like the light was perfect, my little mini fro was just right, the lineup, the shape up was good. I held on to that baby like three years after I graduated college. Like just still trying to flash it, like look at my IDs. You know? But you had to re- you know, you gotta renew it. What else? Anybody saying some example things you gotta renew in life? Passport. Your passport. If you're traveling, that same passport gotta be updated. So we we have an idea. We have an idea that there's there's some expiration on certain things. That we gotta re-up. But in light of relationship with God, sometimes you got to renew some things. Sometimes doing the same thing over and over just won't cut it because that's what's called what? The definition of? Not, no, that's the pity. <laughs> I wasn't thinking it's the pity. Insanity, thank you. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, that's insane. You got to try something different. And so what I'm saying, sometimes relationship with God is not necessarily because you're in sin. Sometimes you has got to do something different. You know, read a book on the topic that you're studying now. You know, try different quiet time locations. Try different things in your quiet time. You know, sing, write, whatever it is. Whatever, you, whatever is going to help you make some new connections. Because God, being with God, it's, it's ever-evolving. The same, it can't be the same that you knew when you were six years old. Somebody had this conversation with me. It was like, man, I want, why is it that, you know, like my six, like my, my, my little sister, she's like, you know, seven years old, and she prays the same prayer, you know, every day. But then as an adult, you don't pray the same prayer no more. Like, it's, it's just different. And why does that happen? And I was like, well, I mean, because she's seven? That's, that's all she knows. Like, this, you know, thank you, God, for the food. Thank you for the sky and the stars and, you know, whatever, whatever. Amen. That's her life. That's where she is. But this can't sustain you when you're 15. You can't be praying the same prayer. You got different things going on in your life. Right? So as you evolve, as you grow and mature, so should your relationship with God. Try new things. 
So I, I don't want to, I, I just want to make sure that when it comes to these things, you don't, you don't just think because you're in sin, that's why it's not, it's not where it needs to be. Sometimes you just got to try different things. So this picture here, I don't know if anybody noticed anything about the slides that I've been using so far. What have you noticed? Well, I mean, as we see it now, basically that new life is crowned from something that once was dead. Pretty much. If you look at this slide from the beginning, I'm going This is the first slide. It's just Ricky mishmash of whatever. Second slide. I see a little green. Third slide. It's a little more of it. Aha moment. Same slide. It's the same slide. What I'm trying, what the point I'm trying to make here is, your relationship with God is continual. It's continual. You may want to just focus on this part, but sometimes you get something new from the thing that you've already had. You already have a relationship with God. Believe it or not, everybody in this room already has a relationship with God. But you're like, Kinson, some of, some of us are baptized and some are not. Yeah, you still have a relationship with God. God created you. You have a relationship with him. The question is, what's the status of that relationship? What's the status? Are you on speaking terms? Are you, are you, are you in a good place? Or, or are we just, just right here? Sometimes it might need to start all over, right? But look, this is sprouting out from something that was already there. It's already there. The backup is already there. The foundation is already there. Life can grow from that. That's the point. So if you're a cornerstone, you know that I don't play around with classes. And what I mean is you can hear the most incredible lesson ever in your life. Like, it could have blew you away. Like, you got 10 pages of notes. That's how much this was so awesome. And you go home and you talk to your parents. Oh, oh, it was a great class ever. Make any decisions? No. Then it was nothing. To me, there's no such thing as a great sermon or a great lesson. The best one is the one that you make a decision about. That's the one. That's the one. Because you made a decision. And so I always challenge my teams, have a takeaway. Okay? Have a takeaway. Regardless of where you are in relationship with God, make an assessment. Figure out what's going on. Is it choices I'm making? That's why it sucks right now? Is it, is it decisions that I'm making that's that's making this thing sour? Or is it just circumstance? You know, just kind of stuck right now. Going through some hard times or, you know, I just, I just need some encouragement. Okay, well, once you figure out what it is, then you know, you can, you can kind of put together a plan of action. Humility. 
like the prodigal son. He realized, man, I'm not worthy to be your son. I'll, I'll, I'll be a hired man. I'll just be a hired servant. Just can I come back home? You got to be humble. You can't, still, you can't still be jacked up and still think you okay. Even though you know it smells horrible in here. You can't sit here and be thinking, well, it's all right. You know, it's not that bad. Put some potpourri out, I'll be okay. <laughs> can't do that. You got to get humble. Know when it's time to surrender. Know it. Like, okay, I'm done. Okay, you got it, God. You got it. I can't run from you forever. If you haven't gotten baptized yet, if you haven't studied the Bible, if you haven't even started this idea and you want something, you got to get home. That's just the reality. Sometimes you got to update it or you got to restore it. You got to figure that out. You got to make, you got to take toll and, and try to see what it is that you have to do. But it's going to require humility. If you're stuck, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier. You know, sometimes you got to step up the game. Sometimes one, one quiet time every two weeks might not cut it. Might not cut it. If you play any kind of sports, you know one practice a week is not going to cut it for game day. You know it in every other part of your life. Why are you not doing that spiritually? You know? Sometimes you just got to do something different. Be open to doing something different. Something to just light that spark. Start a prayer group. What, I don't, whatever. Whatever is on your imagination that you think is going to help you, start it. Because what you do know is everything so far hasn't worked. That's what you do know. It's not working, so let me try something different. So these are some of the takeaways I encourage you. You might have something completely different, which is okay. Have a takeaway. So any questions or thoughts that you want to share, um, that you think is going to help you or help someone else. Um, this is a time I definitely want to, I'd like to hear from you guys, um, but if not, that's okay. But I, I want to just open the floor so that you can have an opportunity to share uh, what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Yes? Um, one thing I took away from this was like, I really just seen the value of the Good. Sometimes it's gonna be hard work, but you gotta be willing to put it in, right? Anybody else? Yes, sir. I think for me, like the takeaway is big. It's like the choices that you want to eat, and I'm not kind of stuck because like I can struggle with that a lot. Yeah. And that's like the big thing for me. This part. No, you are. Right. Okay. Just learning that like when you don't listen to God, like, terrible things happen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've learned. Yeah. Life is. Listen. Sometimes we ask for stuff. All right, I'm gonna give it to you. I'll give it to you. But understand there's going to be consequences. Yep. What if you're like in sin, but like you know when you're stuck, but then you don't know how to like get out of sin and then like go to God. Mm -hmm. But like you're, you're like tormenting, like you're still thinking about, you're thinking about it, but you know what's right, but you don't know what to do. Okay. Before I answer, can somebody else offer some, some advice? 
before I, before I chime in? She's saying basically, what if you are in sin, and, or you know you're stuck, just don't know what to do? What, what do you think some things that you can do to help that situation? Um, Zach, let me get you back there. I was going to say, whenever I'm stuck, I want to do, I just pray. Prayer. So, so far, you got three things you've heard so far. Prayer, people in your life, and being able to just listen. And be able to, okay, God, what is that you're telling me? Because just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of give it two minutes to share, but those three things alone will definitely get you in the right direction. For sure. Guaranteed every time. Yes, sir. just say going to the source right the father wants a relationship with you he wants it God gets everything he wants he's batting a thousand in that he gets it in time he gets what he wants and he wants relationship with you so it's really just about us surrendering it's, it really comes down to that. just surrender whatever the issue is let it go and go to God. Everything else will work itself out. Any other questions or any other comments? Yes. Um, I like when you talk about how the parable of the lost son is different from the parable of the lost son and the lost sheep, um, and how the son came back to the father instead of the father searching. And um, I really liked how it demonstrated just the joy and um, I don't know, it, it demonstrated the joy that the father had when the son came back, and um, it shows that like God is waiting for us to come back to him, and that he, um, he's not going to like shoot you away and be like, you disrespected me, you like squandered everything I gave you, but I don't want this relationship. 
he's like open and he wants you to come back and he wants to build that relationship back up. Yeah, that's the, that's the beautiful thing. Like, I didn't see, I didn't see anything in the scripture that says, I told you so. I told you you were jacked up. I told you it wasn't going to work out. I told you, I told you, I told you. Nah, hugs and kisses. Come here. Come here, come here. Bring it in. We're going to throw a party for it. Let's go, let's go. You're going downtown. We're going to throw a party for it. I mean, that's, that's all he wants. He wants a relationship. Right? One last comment or question? Yeah, I don't Like with the prodigal, I can't pronounce it. Like, yeah, I know it's a tongue twister. We with you. We with you. We got you. We know what you're talking about. Like, um, I just like kind of noticed like that the relationship between God and the Son, it's not just one sided. It's not just like God seeking Him. Like it has to be two sided. Like no great relationship is one sided. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, all right. Uh, that is all. Go Android. Yeah. Yeah. So it is now uh, four o'clock. I think everybody's going to go back to general session. Free time. Look at that. Only two people. Only two people. I know. I know. Just get the. Oh, I took one.